Well, today we're starting a brand new series called Wilderness Living Off the Grid. Now, when I sort of saw this title, this idea of wilderness, the first thing that came to mind for me was camping. Because when you go camping, you do sort of some most go and rough a little bit. I know some people go like, I want everything, including the dishwasher. Um, Coffee machine, um, well, I think, I think it's got to the point in our family, coffee machine is essential. Um, other things are essential, like they're not like, um, they're not, uh, excess, but, but the thing is, like, it is getting away from things. And, and, and so what I've decided to do over the next few weeks as we intro this series, um, I, I want to have a bit of a camping feel. I, I, I thought I better, I better bring my camping chair, um, and sort of, um, have that as part of it. Um, I, I, I didn't actually pass this by the board. I wanted to have like a campfire in here and I thought they might frown upon that. So I'm, I'm going as far as I think I'm allowed to go and, um, hopefully I can do this without burning down the church. And here's our campfire. Um, I think for a little bit, there's a bit of warmth up here for those who are feeling cold. It's gone now. So, um, um, but that's, so we've had our campfire and um, I did have a tent arranged, but um, it fell through this morning. But I want to start off by each week by telling you about one of Keith's camping adventures. So um, you look forward to these each week. I've got more than four, but like we're going to just do one a week. And today I want to tell you about a camp I went to. It's not wasn't quite it wasn't quite like where you go camping and there's a caravan or tents and, and you're setting everything up. But it was when I was um, about, I'm thinking it was about 18, 19, and uh, a friend of mine had given me, um, it was an older, older gentleman, but he'd given me an opportunity to start doing some work with young people. And so I went, I would love that. And and the reason I'm sort of including this, because it wasn't, I was living in Toowoomba and it was in Texas. No, not Texas, America. Texas, Queensland. So that's just so you're sure I didn't actually drive all the way over to America for a weekend camp. Um, it was, but it was still about, it was, Texas is about two and a half hours from the Toowoomba by itself, but it was on a farm that was past, um, uh, Texas. And so it was a bit of a drive. And so we had all these kids on the bus, but what made it worse? I was told I'll pick you up at four o'clock. So I was, I was at, at home with, living with my parents and I had my bag packed ready to go, four o'clock and it got to 4.30 and no one had rocked up. It got to five o'clock and I kind of went, I'm taking my bag back inside. Something's happened. And then like thinking I'd sort of, I'd got used to the idea, I'm not going where this weekend. And then out of the blue, the camp director rocked up saying one of our buses broke down, which is why we're running late. Here, jump in. We'll get going. And so all of a sudden our trip out to Texas, we're meant to get there. I suppose that a reasonable hour at night became a very unreasonable hour at night. And it was, it was wilderness, but like we, it was a farm. So for those who have driven onto farm properties before, it was one of those places which had gates you had to open and shut as you drove through to so the cattle didn't get out, cattle grids. Um, and so it was, yeah, mate, what, watch where you're putting your feet because there may be something that's been put there before you. And, and, and so all that kind of stuff. And so we got there and it was, it was like a dormitory style campsite, a bit of an older campsite, but we got there and it was nighttime. It was black. And so, we couldn't see what was around us. And so our first job was to settle the kids, get them to bed, get them to sleep so we could get up and have fun the next day. Now, part of the problem with that is that we're, we're already three hours late. They've actually gone past their bedtime, so they've woken up again. 
And on top of that, like they're excited. They're, they're, they're in a brand new place. And so I was with the camp director with the older boys and that's where we had an, our room. And so our first goal for the night was to get them, get them to go to sleep. And the only way you can get them to go to sleep is to get them to be quiet first, get them to be silent, lying down. And then the, the, I suppose their energy will be robbed of them and they'll go to sleep. And so the thing is, it was very hard to calm them down on a night like that. So the camp director had come up with a scheme to motivate the children to go to sleep. Uh, it was a, a consequence. If you don't go to bed, you're going to go out and sweep the basketball court until it's clean. Now, what I didn't know, what the kids didn't know, was the basketball court was a dirt basketball court. And the thing is, he ended up following through. There was a few boys who went out there in pitch black going, this is not getting clean. And eventually, can we go to bed now? And they'd come back to bed and we kind of sacrificed a few to get the rest down to sleep. And in the morning when they woke up, they were like, oh, like just what happened here? We, 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 we went out to sweep dirt off dirt. It, there was more dirt. We couldn't get it. So maybe in your kitchens at home, the reason why you can never get them clean is maybe you have a dirt floor to begin with. I don't know. but So that, that is my Keith's camping adventure for week one. There'll be more adventures to follow, um, and, um, and, and some of them will include my family. Some of them won't. Um, there's been plenty of stories over the year. But the thing is, as we talk about camping, and more the point, we talk about the wilderness and, and the wilderness found in, in the Bible – there's actually the wilderness is actually mentioned a lot um, uh, right through from the Israelites going through the desert, Hosea uh, in in the wilderness, Jesus in the wilderness, and so um, you can find evidence in the, of the wilderness in the Old Testament, in the prophets, in the New Testament, and and one of the things about going into the wilderness, going camping, is the idea of getting away from it all. You, you, you do attempt to minimize things to some extent and you travel somewhere where you can stop, reset. And so whether it's going to the beach or going to the bush, there is this idea of getting away from things. Um, and, and so, but in doing that, what we find that there is an idea, there's, there's something transformative, transformative uh, for us as we uh, get alone and we get away from different things. So what's so special about growing off the grid? And so we're going to start with um, looking at Jesus and his example of going into the wilderness in Matthew 4. But before we do, I just want to share a brief story with you. Um, a, a Parnell Bailey visited an orange grove where an irrigation pump had broken down. And the season was unusually dry and some of the trees were beginning to die from the lack of water. Um, the man giving the tour then took Bailey to his own orchard, orchard where ir irrigation was um, used sparingly. He said, the trees could go without rain for another two weeks here, he said. You see, when they were young, I frequently kept water from them. And this hardship caused them to send their roots deeper into the soil to search for moisture. Now, mine are the deepest rooted trees in the area. And while other trees are being scorched by the sun, these are finding moisture at a greater depth. See, the desert wilderness experiences of life forces our roots to go deeper. Hardship and adversity force us to press into faith in Christ and into prayer. And like the Israelites wandering in the desert, like Joseph locked up in a jail cell, like Jonah in the belly of a whale, 
there are times in life where we must come face to face with our reality and stare squarely on our faith in God to come through and provide. Now, I want to just separate. Sometimes we get lost in the wilderness because we are living our own will, our own way, in our own sin. Even that God can teach us stuff, God can call us back from stuff. But as you'll see, there's something different about what I'm talking today. I'm not sort of talking about those times where you've you've been the cause of your wilderness experience. You've been the cause of, of what's happening in your life at the moment. You have uh, are to blame or you feel like you are to blame. These are situations that God is using for our benefit. These are sacred and transformative times for those who call themselves disciples of Christ. Necessary seasons in the journey of sanctification as we look to the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. So let's begin this way. When we look at that verse, um, uh, when we look at the passage that was read for us, one of the first things we see as that story begins was that the Lord led Jesus into the wilderness. And that becomes our principle. We need to let the Lord lead us. Problem is, Jesus will sometimes lead us into places where there is going to be hardship, there is going to be struggle, there is opportunity for us to grow, there is going to be times where it is hard. And as much as we we want, like some of us, when we become the Christian, we've 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 kind of maybe it got sold to us that way. But oh, once I become a Christian, everything in life is going to be great all the time. And then if you get reading in your Bible, there's verses where Jesus talked about, like, in this life you will know trials and troubles because of me. That wasn't in the brochure. Where Was that in the fine print? At the end of that verse, Jesus does go, like, I've told you all this so you can have joy. Um, so, But, again, Jesus is, is – God is wanting to lead us into times where we are able to grow through hardship. Um, the Bible has a lot of stories about people finding themselves in the wilderness and learning in those environments. Sometimes it's an actual physical wilderness. Other times it is a difficult time or season they find themselves in. Either option becomes a place of great teaching for the people in the midst of hardship. Some lessons we, are, we do learn from being taught. Some lessons we do it from reading or seeing it happen around us. Sometimes we see what's happening in other people's lives and go, oh, isn't God great? I can add that to my own testimony. There is, however, something unique and special that happens when we actually experience a hard time and turns into a lesson etched in our hearts and minds that we'll never forget. So hardship is sometimes is necessary to get that deeper growth in our life. Point in case, you may know how to use a, um, a, a weights machine at the gym. You may have all the knowledge in the world. You may have seen someone do it. You may have even done it once in the past. But if you are not constantly doing it now, your muscles will not strengthen. Your muscles will not tear and rebuild and grow bigger and grow stronger. Your knowledge of that isn't going to help your experience of that. And so sometimes um, even like we can say, oh, yeah, it's, we need to wait on God. And, and until you have to experience that and live in that moment and going, God, I, I have been waiting. How much more do I have to wait? 
Are you coming soon? Are you doing all those things? And all of a sudden we get to the point where we go, oh, wait a second. Like I've, I've got to go through that myself. And, and when I then look back and I look back at that moment where I was at a point that I had nowhere else to turn but God and God was faithful and I was able to be provided for. I was able to get comfort. I was able to get endurance. I was able to get strength. All of a sudden that becomes part of my life. And all of a sudden I go, I can rest on that. That has become part of my story in following God. It's not a story of David or someone at church or, 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 or like the principles that Paul shared. It's about I have lived through this myself. I've seen God come through over and over again. And so that experience, however painful, however difficult, however long, was necessary to, to fill in my story in my life. So this morning we're going to look at this chapter um, 4 of Matthew uh, and we're going to walk through the experience of Jesus and I hope we'd come to further understand the importance of the wilderness plays in our own lives. So I just want to read verses 1 and 2 again. Then Jesus was led into the, uh, led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Now, I really shouldn't be talking about being hungry because we've got heaps of food out there for morning tea and you might start thinking about that. So so just, just leave that. I want to focus on verse 1 uh, in that. And then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Often we look at the, the fast. We Often we look at how Jesus, we kind of go, I can relate to that. I've been hungry before. Um, I haven't had lunch. It's been a while since I've had breakfast. We We kind of get to that going, oh, that must have been really tough. But in that first verse, if we brush over, we, we miss the importance of it, that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. The devil showing up wasn't a surprise to God. It wasn't like, oh, he found us out there and how, oh, we're going to have to deal with it now. The whole purpose of Jesus going out there was to be tempted by the devil. This is fascinating to me because I, you always remember all the other aspects of the story, that the dialogue between the, the devil and Jesus and, the, and, and all that kind of stuff and the fasting and the no food. And, but that verse, verse sets up the reason why Jesus went. There was something that Jesus needed to experience or to go through or to even set an example of to us in the wilderness. He was there to be tempted by the devil. That was the reason. Um, and we know from Scripture that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. We see that in the other Gospels. And so as he lived on earth, there were experiences and situations he found himself in that helped him grow. And this was one of those times. And see, this is the thing. Like Sometimes we look at our kids and we go, oh, they've just got to learn how to do that. And, and, and we, we have come into a, a day and age at times we can be helicopter parents and go, okay, we, okay, oh, you've taken a step. We don't want you to take another one. We'll pick you up and we can go a bit too far, but we, we need to step back and go, the kids will learn through doing. They learn to walk by falling down. They, they learn to run by, by, by just taking it over and over again. They, they, they will learn these things. And, and if we want to keep them away from all harm, what will happen is that they'll be children all of their lives. 
And that comes with not only physical experiences, but like social and emotional and spiritual ones as well. If they only believe in God because we do, that's not good for our children. And so it's important that like we are in those positions where we make the most of these opportunities, some of these opportunities that, that God will actually lead us into. There was a purpose in the wilderness. There was something greater to gain through the trial and the temptation Jesus endured. He had to trust where the Spirit was leading him. Do you imagine if Jesus wasn't able to trust the Spirit's leading in Matthew 4, how would it have gone before the cross? When he was, he was praying, God, take this temptation from me. Do you think if, if Jesus hadn't resisted back at the start of the gospel that the devil would have gone, oh, here's an opening. I can actually turn him away from this. But as Jesus said, take this, take this trial away from me, but not my will, but yours be done. Jesus was able to, to live in that moment. And, and we, we must learn to do the same in our lives. We must trust where the Lord leads and by faith where he is taking us. So what happens? So what we need to do is what happens for you when you are led into hardship? Now, the thing is, we all want to answer this spiritually well. We, we, we stop and we pray. We trust God and he leads us through. Okay, that's like, again, that's probably the answer you want to give to me. That's the answer I want to give to you, being being the pastor. We want, we want to be able to sort of say that. Um, the thing is, our first response, what happens, it actually shows what's already going on in our lives. It shows how we've prepared already. And so if we're not trusting in God, our first response in situations like that is to run around like a chicken with its head cut off. We go, God, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? What can we do? How can I fix this? How can I fix this? God, why are you doing this to me? What are you doing right now? And like that becomes our response. Um, and that all happens in the first 30 seconds, and then we do that however long after. Or maybe God has already had taken you through some trials, and, and your first response might be going, God, what's happening here? Okay, I don't know, but I'm going to try and trust you. Or it might be something that God has done amazing things in your life. And so when something happens, speed bump, unexpected, mountaintop or valley sort of low, all of a sudden you go, God, I have no idea why this is happening. I know you're here with me. Just help me get through it. And you don't look for answers. You don't look for uh, an explanation of why. You don't sort of go, um, and some of us... <laughs> Some of us then go to that step further. You go through this horrible hardship, whatever it is, and your response is, God, thank you for the opportunity to grow with you through this. Okay, if that's one of you, I do want to reach out and slap you, okay? I'm praise God that you're like that, but I I you you sort of I, I I don't like it that you're like that because it makes me feel bad that I'm not there all the time. But but that's isn't that the ultimate to get to a point where something happens in, in our way and like all of a sudden we we see God's grace in that situation. We give thanks for whatever that opportunity is. God, thank you for the opportunity to grow in patience. No, God, I want to take the thing that's causing me to be impatient away. That's the answer to my prayer. But there is opportunity in this hardship. And our first response, 
when life is going well, we can we we all look relatively normal. Okay, we all operate at that normal level. When life gets upset and something unexpected, or God leads us into the wilderness, who we really are shines. And the problem with that sometimes. Who we are is not a really strong person or or not really a trusting person or it's just not in the place they would be. And the thing is, when we look at Jesus' reaction when he is tempted, when he is in the wilderness, it actually shows who he is. Um, and so basically what we find is that Jesus got to a point where he was ready to respond to the temptations that came his way. He was ready to um, just know that God was with him and, and doing all the things he wanted to do. And so in that, basically, we find that Jesus, he began to quote, 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 quote scripture. I've got both those words mixed up. Um, and, and, and do the things that he was wanting, um, well, asking God to do in his life. And so in that, what we find is that Jesus is, He's actually exhibiting the work of God in his life. Now, again, I know he is God and, and all that kind of stuff, but Jesus' first port of call when he was tempted was not to go, God, take this away from me. God, what are you doing? God, I've come out here on a spiritual retreat. I only want good stuff. His first response is to give to the devil what he'd filled his own life with. And that becomes so important for us as we focus on that today because one of the things that we need to understand is that God's word becomes a necessity for the wilderness. God's word in our life. And and this is the thing. When we are too busy for God's word, when things are going great, we are definitely going to be too busy for God's word when things are going badly. When we... When we don't see the need of filling our lives up with the good stuff of God when things are going well, it's not going to be the habit that we we fall back on when um when things are going uh, are difficult when things are going badly and and so reading the word of god is is the key here. Satan actually tries to misquote the Bible um, and to lead Jesus into being disobedient to God. And even in this instance, Jesus corrects his use of those verses. He's able to do so because he knows the scripture and has hidden them in his heart and made them his first response, not his last resort. See, Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart so that I might not sin against you. Like, anyone here ever hide biscuits or chocolates in your house? Okay. Jeff, why are you hiding biscuits in your house? You're the only one there. Like, <laughs> I'm going, if you ever go to Jeff's place now, you might find chocolates that he doesn't know where they are. Like, um, um, but, but anyway, the, sometimes we hide stuff. So one, they're, they're, they're for us, um, and not for the other people that live in your home. Sometimes, um, I'm going to, I'm going to dob on Pastor Burke since he's not here. He, um, he told me that, Alison actually puts the chocolates in the bottom tray because Bert doesn't bend over to get them anymore. So, so, so if you want to keep stuff from Pastor Bert, bottom tray in the fridge. Um, or if you go into their home, bottom tray in the fridge, you might find some goodies. Um, 
But the thing is, you, yeah, you hide them to keep them away from someone else. You hide stuff so that maybe it's, it's exactly where you want it to be when you go get it. When we hide God's word in our heart, we're actually saying we value it so much that we're going to sort of imprint it upon our lives so that when that trial or this trial or this wilderness experience comes up, the first thing that comes to mind is God's word is flowing in and out of our lives. Um, and so that becomes really important. And see, in these times, God will give you what you need. And the thing is, though, we've got to prepare so that God can speak through his word to us. Um, I can't remember his name anymore, but there was a, um, a Polish pastor um, and just read his biography. And um, when the Germans first came through, he kind of capitulated and said, yes, I will be part of the state church. I don't want to go to jail, I'll be part of the state church. But very quickly, I don't know if it was a matter of months or weeks, he kind of went, no, I can't do this. I need to represent God. And he ended up being taken to jail. And so while he was in jail, I'm not sure how long this took, but he ended up finding a Bible in the prison library. It shouldn't have been there. It should have been destroyed according to all the other principles that were exhibiting at the time. And so he snuck it out of the library, didn't check it out. He technically stole it. So I'm, I'm sure God will forgive him for that one. And so he took it back to his cell and he went, at any time, this Bible could be taken from me. So I'm going... I'm going to read it with the idea of memorizing as much as I have so I can hide God's word in my heart. Now, again, like some of us go, oh, yeah, I've got, I've got a few memory verses in my, my, my belt. And then we've got those ones that we kind of know of that speak about something. And then we go, and I think God says this. And sometimes like, when we get to that one, we kind of go, those aren't even in the Bible. Like um, God helps those who help themselves. Mm, not in the Bible. Um, like... Um, there are some things, and so it's important to know. But so this guy dedicated to memorizing scripture, knowing that any day now it can be taken. It was some time that he had it, and so he ended up memorizing all the gospels, um, most of Psalms. Um, he got onto the Proverbs um, and then other bits and pieces. And so he got to the point where he was living out his faith and facing trials that all of a sudden God's word was exactly where it needed to be, not under his pillow, not under his mattress. Right here. Now we have the other problem. We have Bibles available to us left, right, and center. You can go buy a Bible, you can download a Bible. I've got an app on my, my tablet that I can get pretty much probably 150 types of different Bibles. It's right there ready for me. The key though is that next step of hiding God's word in my heart, hiding God's word in my life. And if I'm not taking that step, all of a sudden, when trials come my way, I'm probably even too foolish to actually go back to the Bible and go, "What God, what do you say about this? But if it was right here, right in my mind, right on my heart, all of a sudden, in those moments, when I'm facing fear or I'm, I'm needing courage, Joshua 1.9 can come to place and go, have I not told you? Do not be afraid. Be strong and courageous. And you go, oh, and there's verses about example, verses about hope, verses about peace, verses about worry, verses about God's provision. And all of a sudden we fill our lives up with these verses. And so when that wilderness time comes, we're at a place where we're going, I'm not unarmed. I'm not unprepared. I don't need someone else to do this for me. 
because that becomes a struggle. Like if if you're in a situation and like maybe it's the middle of the night and you're going, well, I can't give Pastor Keith the call to actually help me through this. I'm sure he knows where this verse is in the Bible. Like I might be able to find it. There'll be other things going through my head at the same time. Um, I love you, but like um, um, if I'm not awake, I won't be happy that I'm awoken. But in saying that, that becomes a responsibility for all of us to let God give us what we need. Um, there is a number of references in Psalm. Perhaps um, one of the um, most favorite, well-known ones is Psalm 12, um, 121, verse 3. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. If you are worried about knowing that God is with you, doesn't that verse sort of bring on great assurance? Like you're worried about failing in life. And this verse says, God is not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you fall. He's going to, he's going to guide you. He's going to let, walk you through this. He's actually with you. He's watching you right now. And so when we feel alone, God is watching us. When we're thinking about sinning, God is watching us. Let's throw that one in there. But when we think we can't do this by ourselves, hey, that's okay. God is watching you and he's ready to help you. It becomes such an important thing. I think of another instance of Jesus when he was in the garden praying and, and mentally preparing for his own death. He cries out to the Father, asking him, is there any other way to accomplish what is to come? And in his moment of distress, sweating out blood, it says, and an angel from heaven appeared to strengthen him. That becomes kind of a promise for us as well, that God is going to lift us up in those times of, of, of wilderness moments. God watches over and attends us just as he did his own son. He will not let your foot slip. He does not take breaks, nor does he step away from his commitment. He never leaves, never forsakes, never turns his back on his children. And take it even one step further. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 10.13, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. If you are in the wilderness being tempted in some way, even right now, you feel like giving up on God or, or giving up on, 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 on so many different things, God is actually saying, I'm going to provide a way out. It may not come exactly in that moment. It might be another day or another week ahead, but God is going to provide a way out. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And through the strengthening of the Spirit, we can be like Jesus and stand in face of adversity, suffering, and temptation. I know many of you here today are facing hardships. Maybe you are suffering and you are asking questions, how much longer can I do this? Just to be like an inclusive pastor, if you are not facing suffering at the moment, because we are, you are alive, it will be coming soon. Um, it will happen. You, you, you'll find that you may move in and out of, of hard times and good times. And, and, and I, I've been sharing this, this quote a bit recently. I've, I've often I've, I've said, like, 
I'm looking at life at the moment, there are some really great things happening in and around my life, and there's some really difficult things. And I, I foolishly said, wouldn't it be great if all the good things happened at the same time? And very quickly I caught myself, but that means all the bad things would happen at the same time as well. And I'm going, and that's the thing. Life is going to mean that you are going up and down and through and over and, and, and one week will be a blessing and one week will be a struggle and God is going to be with you and God is going to provide for you. But we, we end up asking that question, how much longer can I do this? But the wilderness is a dangerous place, but the wilderness is also a sacred place. It is a place where God can grow us and equip us and lead us through. It is a uniquely equipped place where God brings his people, meets his people, and grows his people in their faith. Yes, you can expect it to be hard. You can expect it to be painful at times and seemingly unbearable at other times. But you can also expect God to be there with you. Just like he was with, with Jesus, just like he was with Israel, just like he was with John on the Isle of Patmos, he is with you too. And testing of your faith proves out the power of your faith. And so the challenge this week is to press into the Bible. Combat the lies you're hearing with the truth of Scripture and stand in faith. Now, again, I, I, I would love you to be out there reading your Bible, each one of you in different ways. But, okay, let's, let's get really specific on this. Find someone this week that you can actually agree to say, hey, we're going to read and share about what we've been reading, what God has been teaching us. And again, it doesn't have to be onerous. I'm not expecting a three-hour Bible study every day that you hold on the phone, okay? Like if you want to do that, again, praise God, blessing that you've got that time to do that. But I mean, let's just seriously get into, the, into God's Word. Now, up the back, I think we've got about 10 daily breads that start on Thursday this week. First of June, um, they go from June, July, August. How about you grab two of those? So it'd be the first five people. Grab two of them and go give one to someone else and say, "Would you do this with me?" If we're if we're seriously talking about like digging into God's word and letting that be that what flows out of us in those times of wilderness, that's the first step: is getting into God's word, and 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 let that other person be a challenge to you. Um, it, it, if it wants to be your husband or wife, great, do it that way. If you want it to be you and your kids, great, do it that way. If it wants to be someone that you want to grow to know in the church, great, do it that way. But yeah, ask that question. Hey, what have you been reading? How God's been challenging you in your life? And, and then like, come back and share those stories. Now, again, once we run out, for those who are technically minded, you can actually get daily bread or word for the day or other sort of devotionals on your tablet and phone. And again, Find someone to do that with. Again, just make it for this commitment for next week. I'm not asking you to sign up for life and, and sign up like a, a buddy for life that I'll never get rid of him ever again. Just for the next seven days, you're going to commit to reading God's word and sharing them. Now, again, sharing can be easy. It can be a phone call. Hi, this is what I've been reading this week. This is how it's been challenging me. Probably don't do it in that monotone. Be a little bit excited about it. But you can do that. And what have you been reading? Great. Okay. Um, any prayer points, maybe take an extra step and pray for each other. Again, don't want to freak you out. We're only Christians. Like we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not, we're not Jesus. Like, oh, I don't want to go too far. But the thing is, you might want to send a text. Again and again. So I've been reading this. This is what I've been learning. Send an email. Um, you might want to even go old school and, and write a letter. 
Now, the potting problem with the letter, they won't get it till next week, so they won't know what you've, you've been reading. Or um, for those who are addicted to coffee, make a time and catch up for coffee and say, hey, this is what I've been reading the last few days. I'm actually giving you permission to go out and have a coffee every day with someone. That's what I'm doing. Um, I'm not paying for it, though. Don't send the bill to me. Like, that's because I don't think I can pass that one on to Tony. So, um, but like, I'm, and so this is, this is your homework. Find someone today or maybe even someone who's not here and saying, hey, I don't even mind if you say this to the person who's not here. Pastor Keith told me I had to read the Bible with you this week. I don't mind if you deliver the message that way. The goal is to get into God's word so that when we are tested in the wilderness, out of that will flow God's word, God's encouragement. God's spirit will be able to speak through that. And so when we are led into opportunities where God wants to grow us, we will be ready to grow. That's the challenge. And so we're going to keep looking at different things and different opportunities that are going to happen in the wilderness over the coming weeks. And I pray you can be here for that. I pray yet you, you, take, you take action this week of getting into God's word with someone else and letting this be a, year, a, a week where God is able to work through that opportunity. Let's just pray. Lord, we thank you that your word there is available to us so freely um, and, and so able to um, do the things that God wants us to do. I, I pray that we are able to, to memorize that even more and um, to show us um, again and again the value of even our wilderness experiences so that we are able to, to learn more of you, to, to experience you in a real way in our lives, to trust you in a real way. And, and so, Lord, I pray that as we look at these wilderness opportunities in the coming week, we won't be afraid of the wilderness. We will look forward to them and we'll be prepared for them when they come our way. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Amen.